Hey, murder lovers, my name's Mackenzie. This is Fatina. And you're listening to Stranger Danger, a true crime podcast. Welcome back. Okay. Jump into it? Sure. All right. Jump in the Stranger Danger unmarked white van. We're taking a ride over to China. So, we are telling you, or I'm telling you, about a case that took place in Hong Kong, China. This was a case that I knew little about. Mm -hmm. I think I had seen things pop up as my suggested on YouTube and whatnot, but I'd never really looked into it. And I was very surprised about the details of this. So I am hoping to hopefully give you the case, do do it justice and give you all the... It's very graphic. I will warn you right now, if you're listening out loud with any sensitive ears around you, be very careful. I'll give you another warning before it gets even more graphic. But it's uh, it's crazy. I feel like you did this on purpose because I wouldn't let you do the Japan one. <laughs> no, when you told me that it was like snuff filmish, I was like, oh no, then I won't do that. Yeah, because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that it was far. Horrible. But this is a known as the Hello Kitty murder. Oh. Have you heard of this? No. I okay. mean, I've heard of Hello Kitty, but not yeah. the Hello, Hello Kitty Hello Kitty is murder. still well and alive, as a, much a fictional character can be, but... I never um, really understood that craze. The Hello Kitty craze? Didn't get craze. it. Yeah. Um, I think we were a little too old when it came... Well, actually, not to lie, because... That's no, 100% no. Yeah, not true. That's... Yeah. I just but I didn't what I said, quite but. get the obsession with it. And it's still very much a thing. Oh, I know. Yeah. I know. I mean, I would totally go to a Hello Kitty cafe. Absolutely. I would. There's a cafe? Oh, God, yeah. You go to China, you go so to Japan. Weird. Somebody drew, like, some little tiny cat and probably has made millions off of that. Oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's supposed to not be a cat. It's supposed to be a British girl. I know. That's the creator terrifying. came out and blew everyone's minds and said that it was supposed to be a little British girl. That makes zero sense. Yeah. So. All right. Um, if you Google Hello Kitty, which I, I did just because of this case, uh, you can learn a lot of fun facts. Uh, like she is supposed to be as tall as three apples and weigh as much as two apples, which is a weird metri- you know, measure of... <laughs> Of weight and height. Yeah. Um, so this is the fun fact. I'm going to start you off there, but then we're going to go straight down. All right. <laughs> All right. So the Hello Kitty murder case um, takes place in Hong Kong, China. So a couple of things that I learned just off of this case, I learned a lot about like what the triads are. Have you heard of the triads before? Yes. Okay. So for those that don't know, I didn't know this. They're a syndicate group. They're gangsters. They're like the mob type situation in China and they've been along for a really long time they're kind of uh they're just a group of gangsters there's yeah. no no other like way to like simply explain that's the simplest way I can explain it so um nonetheless there are people involved in drugs in sex trafficking in all kinds of just illegal things firearms and in this case takes place in 1999 and I'm going to start off a little weird. So one day, (laughs) there's a 13-year-old girl that walks into a police station. And she walks in kind of timid looking. And she talks to the person at the front desk 
at the police officer and tells him that she's being haunted. That she's being haunted by the ghost of, a, of another woman. That haunts her in her dreams. That won't let her sleep. And she doesn't think that she can shake this haunting until she reports this. At first, the police officer does not take her seriously. Because why would you be telling the police about a ghost, right? Mm -hmm. Why would you be telling them that you're being haunted? And then she reveals that not only is she being haunted, she is being haunted by the ghost of someone that she had a hand in torturing. Someone who she saw be killed. So this is a 13-year-old girl. So then the cops start taking her a little more seriously, and they follow her to an apartment in the Kowloon district on the third floor where she had been staying. It's quote-unquote vacant now. They follow her in, and they are hit with the wall of smell that is of a rotting body. Oof. So right away, the cops are like, oh, crap, we have something now. Yeah. They start doing investigating at the scene. They start looking around the apartment. It's a five-bedroom apartment. And she points them towards a Hello Kitty mermaid stuffed animal. Okay. So at first, they didn't take her very seriously. And we only know her by her name that was given to her by the media, which is Ah Fung. A-H-F-O-N-G. And this is because she's a minor mm -hmm. and because they want to protect her identity. They find out that there had indeed been a series of crimes committed in this apartment. But they still didn't take her very seriously because she, she was a known runaway. She was known to be hanging out with the triad members, members of this, this gangster group. Now I'm going to go back a little bit. Because the, and tell you a little bit more about the victim in this case. So the victim in this case is Fan Man Yi. First name Fan, F-A-N, last name Man Yi. And she was 23 years old when she was killed. She was abandoned as a child. And she grew up mostly in orphanages. And as a teen, she developed a drug addiction. She turned to prostitution in order to pay for her addiction. And so she was known to work in some brothels or just do sex work in order to pay for some things. Yeah. In 1996, um, Fan Man Yi was uh, finally was starting to clean up her act. She met someone who she later married, uh, Mr. Chi Yun, and they, she became pregnant. And during her time of her pregnancy and during, like, her son's first year of life, she kind of cleaned up her act. She was working on, toward, like, her addiction, bettering herself. Nonetheless, they were having problems, financial issues. Money wasn't being enough. You know, she wasn't making enough money. And she started doing some sort of sex work again. She started working at a cafe, which she was like a hostess at it's not very clear whether or not that was a sex work position mm -hmm. um but she definitely met some sort of clients there too okay okay so while she was working at this cafe um she did have her husband and her son and a lot of their neighbors said that they were there was a lot of domestic abuse a lot of domestic violence coming from their apartment so family house family household was not like a happy-go-lucky 
type of situation. And as she was working at this cafe, she met one of the triad members who was like a big kingpin in the area. His name is Cha Manlock. He was 34 year old, 34 year old at a time. And he became one of her regular clients for sex work. And he would pay her to have extended sex sessions Mm -hmm. while under the influence of meth as well. Oh. So it was just like long, probably felt like never ending sessions. And then she was, he was feeding her addiction as well. And he was under the influence of meth as well. So while she was doing this, she was um, doing this to, you know, supplement income, et cetera, income, et cetera. Um, She made probably one of the worst decisions in her life which was she stole his wallet, which had 4,000 Hong Kong dollars in it. Mm -hmm. And he quickly figured out that it was her that had taken his wallet. So he sent his two henchmen to go get her, to essentially kidnap her. And this was on March 17th, 1997. He's a member of, like, the organized crime or whatever. Yes. Okay. So he sent his two, like... What do you, lackeys. Um, yeah, two lackeys to go get her and kidnap her to try and get the money back. She obviously knew that she had messed up. So he asked for the money and, of course, with some interest on top of it. So for the $4,000 that she stole, she actually returned $10,000 to him. Oh, my gosh. Don't know how she did that in such a quick turnaround. It wasn't enough for him. He said, no, you fucked up. You fucked up big. So you're still going to owe me more money, you owe me more interest for doing this. He wanted 16000 on top of the ten that he, she had already returned. So he kidnapped her. Him and his two lackeys kidnapped her, took her up to his apartment, and mind you, a fi- five-bedroom apartment in this part of town is like big money. You, you, have, oh, yeah. you have everything at this point. Yeah. And so they, they kidnapped her. And he was going to keep her as a sex worker to try and recoup his money to like get his money as back. As a sex slave. Right, as yeah. a sex slave. And uh, his two accomplices, or his two lackeys, or his henchmen, whatever you want to call them, are Lung Xing Chu, who was 27, and Lung Wei Lun, which was 21. So Wei Lun and Xing Chu, I'm going to call them by last names since they have the, first, the same first name. Ah Feng. The girl at the beginning of the story who went to the police station mm-hmm. to report the haunting, they call her. Um, this is you. I think you talked about this two episodes ago. They call her his girlfriend, mm. but he is thirty four. She is thirteen. Yeah, that is not a girlfriend. That's a child you are abusing. Absolutely. Yeah. And because she is a runaway, she comes from a broken home, etc. You know, and she is. In this world of drugs and crime and all these things, of course, to her, she he seems like everything she could ever want. And he's feeding he's into that. Her. Of yeah. course. So, they all these people, the four people plus fan uh, are in the apartment. And this is all that we know about what happened in that apartment comes from this 13-year-old. And what is she is detailing happened in that apartment. So, this is... Where it gets really graphic. Okay, so if you're listening and you want to skip this, 
I would say maybe skip about a minute or so because it's graphic and it's a lot of stuff. So, Ah Fung tells the police that they kidnapped Fan and right away they tied her up with cords and cables so she could not go anywhere. Of course, they were trying, they were kidnapping her. And they did a lot of meth while they were in this apartment. So they would take their, during their meth binges and their meth craziness, they would beat her for fun. Mm -hmm. They would kick her. Afung says that one of them kicked her 50 times in the head for fun. That sometimes she jumped in and just kicked her because she thought it was fun. They melted plastic straws and then stuck them on the sole of her feet until it caused blisters. Oh, ow. Once these blisters were open, they would pour chili oil on top of that. Mm. They would they would force her to drink motor oil and they would beat her if she didn't swallow. If she sped up anything, they would beat her more. They urinated in her mouth. And at some point, Afung defecated in a shoebox and they forced Fan to eat this. People they, are just monsters. Yes. There is no other word than monster to describe these people. And a 13-year-old was witnessing all this. And to some extent participating. participating. So they would hang her by her shackled or, you know, tied up hands on hook on the ceiling overnight so she couldn't go anywhere. Mm -hmm. They would, of course, starve her. They wouldn't give her anything to eat. And this all was in the course of a month. While oh they, were, they would beat her, they would go play some video games, and that's it. They'd come back. I, they were just on meth and not reasoning like they're just crazy and they're evil right on one of these nights on april in april of 1999 so they kidnapped her on march in march and then in april they had gone on to one of their clubbing nights one of their arcade game nights i guess but they came back really late and they found her and she was cold she had passed away and they were scared that they were going to get caught because an unrelated incident in the floor below them had gotten the cops out to the building for a rape case. Hmm. Unrelated to them, but because they saw the sirens and now they're on meth again, the paranoia freaked out. Paranoia exactly. is a huge part of Matthew. So when they saw the cops and all these things, uh, Cha, the, the ringleader on all this, told the guys that they needed to put her in a bathtub and they dismembered her with a cha with a handsaw took a total of 10 hours he ordered them to put her organs in a Ziploc bag and put them in the fridge they why they put her head in a pot of water so they could de-skin it oh. and as they were doing this, they were hungry. 
And no. they put no. a pot of noodles next to that pot. And with the same spoon, stirred both pots. Back and forth. So in the Hello Kitty mermaid stuffed animal, they had opened up its head, put her skull in it, and sewed it back up. That is what the police found along with the bag of organs and a tooth that were in the fridge. That's all the police had to go off of. That seems like a lot. The rest of her body parts had been thrown out with their regular household trash, unfortunately. So, the police only had Ah Fung's testimony to go off of. They gave her complete immunity in order to testify against these three guys. So, in China, they don't have degrees of murder like we do in the U.S. Mm -hmm. They have murder and they have manslaughter. So, they have on purpose and non-intentional. Okay. So, all that the courts could prove were was that... So, Cha and Xing Chiu, they both pleaded guilty to false imprisonment mm -hmm. but nothing else and then the third one was saying that he had nothing to do with it that he did not mean to kill her that he didn't kill her that she all the, the three men were all saying that she had succumbed to an overdose and that it wasn't them mistreating her that led to her death of course the judge said no this was very clearly a series of events that led up to her her, to her death yeah. uh, and then of course on top of that her body was not able to be given like a proper burial her, her deceased body was not treated correctly so they were given life sentences uh, with the possibility of parole after 20 years so they went to court in 2000 so they were eligible for their first parole hearing in 2020 did they get out i could not find whether or not what happened after parole I... so but they couldn't prove intent to want to kill this this 13 year old doesn't testify or no nope. well no she did but i mean Her we don't know if we don't know if it was like a the striking or anything that killed her or if it was a meth overdose that killed her they couldn't do a toxicology report on anything so the the actual like cause of death was not determinable yeah but it feels to me like they were intending for her to die that's, I'm sure, what everyone else thinks, but that's not what they were admitting to. So, and it couldn't be proven. The justice system just continues to baffle me worldwide. Isn't that crazy? Everywhere around the world, I get disappointed. And it's funny, because, like, here in, in, in the U.S., they could have been given, like, maybe, like, first-degree manslaughter, as opposed to, like, just a manslaughter, you like a You think that would have gone to manslaughter? Yeah, probably, because if you can't prove it, you can't prove it. I mean, you have a little girl there saying exactly what happened. But none of that is what killed her. Well, directly. Probably everything together, yes. Yeah, but you torturing her and holding her prisoner and everything that happened under your supervision killed her. Right. It wasn't like she was injecting herself with meth. Right. They were injecting her. This justice system, it's just like, I it's freaking what hate it. Prove. It's infuriating. Yeah. Just give me one country that has it figured out. So, um,. After they went to court and everything, and they went to jail, um, the apartment stayed empty for the longest time. 
China, of course, has a lot of um, beliefs about spirits and being haunted. And if you live in a place where anything specifically gruesome happened, then you're going to experience bad fortune or bad luck. Good. So um, eventually, and I found this out doing this research, that because there's such a big belief system around that, Mm -hmm. about being haunted or places holding spirits and whatnot... A lot of the real estate that things like this happen in go for like 50% off. So Mm. if someone's coming in foreign and doesn't care about that, they're getting a steal of a deal and it's only cash because no one's going to put a mortgage on it. Interesting. So if you buy a property in China that's discounted, now you know why. Right. Okay. So eventually no one wanted it. So it was demolished by a a realtor and they built some... um, they built a hotel there in 2016. Okay. And it's, uh, I found that out because there was an app, uh, there's an app specifically for China that after the Pokemon Go craze, you could do like this um, superimposed reality, like tour of China as you're walking mm-hmm. around. Um, it tells you like real estate property prices and whatnot, but it also tells you when there's like a haunted place or something has been has happened in that location so you know whether or not to stay away from it Mm -hmm. um to me it would be like whether or not i want to go into it but yes (laughs) um so let me show you and we'll post a picture of this because it's really uh it's really interesting how they do it that they just um as you're walking around you could see like you would see a pokemon you would see a ghost oh that's hilarious ghost cartoon um so they demolished the 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 current apartment they build a hotel there um, and like I said, the 14 year old at this point, a 14 year old got full immunity. So she did not get charged. Also, I mean, she was a minor when all of this was happening. That usually doesn't matter. Whether or not, but I mean, she was, the, she was, if it weren't for her though, they probably even would have gotten away got with it. some type of plea deal. Or they would have gotten away with it. Cause well, she wasn't yeah. reported missing at this point. She had been gone for a long time. You know, it's a sex worker that gone missing. Unfortunately... Not a lot of resources are put into that. Unfortunately, uh, China is known for its uh, very horrific horror films. And this inspired two different horror films um, in China with very weird, what sounds like weird English names to me. But one of them is called Human Pork Chop. <laughs> and the second one is called There's a Secret in My Soup. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Brain matter. That's okay. I watched uh, the trailer to There's a Secret in My Soup. Um, and there is no regard for any kind of sensitivity for the victim's family or anything. It's very much like a crude retelling of what happened. There's no storyline. They're just there for like the thrills of it. They're mm-hmm. they're not remaking a story or retelling a story any type of differently. They're just um, they're just cheap horror thrills at this point for those movies. So um, that's, I think that's everything that I've got for this one. It's a quick one, but crazy one. Um, yeah. and so that is, if you Google it, please be very careful. There is pictures out there of the Hello Kitty doll. As soon as you start Googling it, we'll post, of course, the, the uncensored pictures on our group only, the murder lovers group on Facebook. So if you haven't joined already there, um, that's where you're going to find them. We can't post them really anywhere else. Cause I don't want people who don't 
actively go looking for them to accidentally see those pictures. So if yeah. you want to see them, go find them on the Murder Lovers group. But um, yeah, you're right. I wish the sentencing would have been a little different. I mean, they did get technically a life sentence, all of them. But with the possibility of parole after 20 years seems like a little um, light-handed for me. Yeah, so I'm trying to see if I can find anything about their parole, but I'm coming up empty-handed. Hmm. So, yeah, that's the case of uh, Fan Man Yi and the Hello Kitty murder. Mm, hate that. So, um, one of the things that we talked about incorporating, because you guys have been sending us in some listener stories, which I love you so much for that. Until we, like, can really fully make a full episode of it, um, we're just going to... We're going to share some randomly here and there. Yeah, especially when we have shorter stories like yeah. the Hello Kitty murder. And we want you guys to have a full, like, car ride's worth. <laughs> yeah. want to make sure you finish your dishes, okay? <laughs> you have enough content to finish some chore. Yeah, so first listener story that I have that we'll start with um, starts off, Hi, I just discovered your podcast and I love, love, love it. If you, could u- if you use these on your podcast, please just refer to me as Cat. Hi, Cat. Hi, Kat. Just listened to the Guatemalan spook spook episode and have tons of stories to share, but I'll share two. We'll start with one. Sweet. We're going to start with one. We'll space out the other one. Kat, stick around. You're going to get two episodes, Kat. I'll be as vaguely specific as I can in this story. (laughs) In 2009-ish, I worked in an unnamed city with children in an unnamed after-school program. When the program was over for the day, we'd transport the kids home. On one particular evening, we went to drop one of the kids off, and his mother was not home. Mom's boyfriend met us in the driveway, and we all had knowledge that this man existed, and we dealt with him many times before, but needed permission from Mom to drop the kid off with him. Okay. Boyfriend called her on his phone, and I spoke with her. I knew her voice. She identified herself as Mom, etc. We were sure she was Mom. She gave us permission to drop the kid off. We said goodnight to the kid and Mom's boyfriend and went about our business. The next morning, there was a story on the news about a car that was found in the city with a dead body in the trunk. Turned out to be mom's boyfriend's (gasps) car. What? When I got into work, everyone had heard about the story, and myself and the three others called mom, and she was in tears. She'd seen the news, did not know the woman, but apparently the car had been stolen, and boyfriend had nothing to do with the body in the trunk. Turned out to be a legit story on his part. He really had nothing to do with it. Okay. However, the not knowing who was in the trunk or if this car was in the house or was at the house when we dropped the kid off, it was terrifying. And not knowing if it was the kid or the mom, the poor woman yeah. murdered in the trunk was truly terrifying. Oh, I bet. Can you imagine those hours of like not knowing? I can't even imagine that. Oh my goodness. Thanks for reading, Cat. Thanks, Cat. Thanks, Cat. Holy crap. Wait, that would just like, yeah, you drop off the kid and then you hear about his car being stolen the next day. The scenarios that would run through your mind. I'd be like, I need to do a quick drive by. Thank you. Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's just just me though. That put myself in dangerous positions. (laughs) Yeah. I'd be like, I'd be calling people. Yeah. I'd be calling people and be like, "Mm, I love that they just went straight to mom. They called her and they were like, tell me what everything, tell me what's going on. I'm glad she answered. Yeah. But also good call on like making sure you can drop off the kid with the yeah. with the dad or yeah. with the boyfriend. So yeah, I can't imagine be like, mm, I know that person in that car. So that's weird. Oh. Ooh. 
So if you guys would like your stories read, please send them over to us. The best place to send stories is to the email. Mm -hmm. And that's at a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. I get so many messages in our Instagram DMs every day that I lose track of them if you're sending in your personal stories. So if you send them in the email, I can sort them. Right. So that email is a stranger danger podcast at gmail.com. There's an A in front of it. So a stranger danger podcast. It's a little weird. Sorry. Gmail had all the every other option taken up, so yeah, we're working we with that one. A Stranger Danger podcast. So yeah, uh, we would love it. And then just the fact knowing that you guys took the time to like type it up means so much. Yeah. So then we really value that, and we want to make sure that your story gets read. So if you get the chance, do it. Yes. Cool. And I know s- s- there's a handful of you that have sent us stories, even one just like within the last week. I see it. Yes. I know it's there. It will get read. Don't yes. worry. We went in order that they're coming in. Yes. Unless they're related, then we'll do like a bigger compilation, but cool. All right. I think we're good, right? Unless there's any tea time. Nope. I'm good. All right, everyone. Stay safe. And um, (laughs) I don't know if I can make any Hello Kitty jokes right now. (laughs) Yeah, don't do it. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.